What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Trademark, and we have got a special, special episode lined up for you all today. We are joined by David Powers from Rooter Hero, and we are going to be talking about uh, just call center excellence, which I think is a topic that we all um, could could benefit from from hearing from. And I know that David's got some special stuff to share with us today. So let's go ahead and dig in. Step into the trademark, your go-to podcast for everything marketing in the trades. Hosted by award-winning industry marketing experts, Sarah Gerardo from Remarketable and Eric Thomas from Rival Digital. Together, we're here to unite the worlds of trades and marketing, bringing you insights, stories, and strategies from the heart of the industry. Whether you're a trade professional, a marketing expert, or somewhere in between, this is the place for you. Listen in as we're here for the big ideas, the game changers, and the everyday successes. Because at The Trademark, we're with the trades and for the trades. All right. We are live, sort of. We're recording. We're not really live. We're just recording. But welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode Joining me, of course, as always, is my fellow host, Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm super excited for today. So let's introduce David. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how we met and and why do you think that I brought you on here today? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'll start at the beginning. I've been in uh, call center since I was 17 years old, which is uh, not to age myself, but like, 25 years or so so yep from every possible position so you're like um, 26 though right that's what you're yeah, saying yeah yeah no i'm i'm a young spring chicken as they say um grew up uh my my stepdad was in the trades so electrician so grew up in that environment right um didn't catch my fancy at the time so I never went down that route, but I've been uh, in trade centric uh, customer service, customer experience, marketing for the last 12 years. So with uh, Rooter Hero Plumbing out of uh, California. So it's been a ride. It's been a ride. Um, so that's where I am. Um, yeah. And so what do you do in daily operations? today for Rooter Hero? Well, uh, I run the contact center. So I, from soup to nuts, right? From the workforce management side of it, uh, scheduling, coaching, training, hiring, firing, all that stuff. Plus I uh, do a lot of the marketing here at Rooter Hero Plumbing and Air as well. So, and since the contact center and marketing is so intrinsically linked, it's just a good uh, good idea to have someone that knows both um, running both. So since the contact center is where marketing can either uh, thrive or die. Yep. <laughs> yep. It, uh, it takes a uh, certain uh, level of skill and uh, let's say focus to uh, make sure that the leads we're bringing in on the marketing side actually filter all the way out into the field where, you know, they can, you know, pay rent. So it's all good. So 
that's the best way to put it. It's like we're doing our jobs so that every other person can show up too, right? And do exactly. their jobs. <laughs> and so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um yeah, you and I met uh Zara back in like 2018, which I I'm not that kind of marketing guy, so math is not my strong point. Right. So it was a while ago. Um the trade summit back down there, really fun time. Um it was my first time going to Kansas. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> and I haven't been back. So. I haven't been back either. <laughs> I stopped in the airport and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's yep. about it. It was, uh, it was very gray. It looked exactly like the beginning of Wizard of Oz. So <laughs> it was weird, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, so but yeah, and the other question you asked was why you brought me on the podcast. And uh, other than my stunning good looks, um, why not? Exactly. Why not? Um, I learned, you know, so much from you at that trade summit and was so impressed. I would just wanted to continue that conversation and then seeing all the work that you've been doing um, in your field of customer service. You have a podcast where you talk about it. You openly have conversations with you know, others in the trades, you just won an award. Um, and that's not why I chose you, but I chose you because I just think that you're a remarkable person. And I wanted to showcase your talents even more to the trades to, you know, talk about how marketing and the call center are just a part of operations and they go hand in hand. And I just think it's really important. So I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, no, no, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. That award, that was, uh, being listed as one of the top 25 thought leaders uh, for 2024 by ICMI, which um, honestly, I didn't even know I won that until I got started like tagged in posts on LinkedIn. So, but yeah. That's awesome. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I try to spread my knowledge wherever I can. It's my way of giving back to the community, both the trades and the contact center space. Um, the contact center space is honestly my, it's not just a career. It's a uh, contact center and customer experience is kind of like my passion, which sounds really weird to say out loud, but it, I, I do credit it with saving my life. So like from a literal standpoint, um, yeah, tell that, us about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a long time ago way long ago i was a uh one of those you know one of those punk kids with like a mohawk and spikes and patches all over themselves and kind of like a sour disposition and kind of just an overall loser Li living out of a van you know um and then a job at a call center is kind of uh what spurred me to get out of that rut the being homeless, drinking every night, having no prospects, and really at that time not really wanting any prospects, probably from a alcohol-fueled car-living depression. So, but it was the call center job and the people I met there, the coaching, the training, and everything that actually allowed me to get out of that mess, and I've been trying to give back ever since. I love it. I'm glad that you're here. Well, yeah. Me too. Thank you. Most definitely. Um, okay, so let's just get into it and let's talk about the call center and marketing. So 
Um, I wrote down a few questions that I have, but what's yeah. the first thing that you hear from, like what's the marketer's job and how does it correlate with the call center? Yeah, so um, anybody who's been in this uh, line of industry has heard the phrase, um, make the phones ring. Yes, <laughs> I was hoping that you would say that. <laughs> so, um, and stripped down to its uh, most basic, that's exactly the job is to make the phones ring, uh, make the leads come in through email, chat, text, what have you, right? And have a surplus of those because, you know, some of them are going to get messed up. But um, so that the call center can um, excel at what they're supposed to be doing, which is converting those leads into appointments, right? So the marketer's job gets a little complex with the quality of leads and all of that stuff right so most of the leads that we get are trying to or we try to get our uh you know demand based so because in the in plumbing anyway um not too many people think about plumbing until it goes bad mm -hmm. so people don't set aside money for it or yeah they're not like oh yeah. my toilet's gonna break and i really need to replace that this year Right. Exactly. exactly. Okay. It's not like, you know, people planning on oil changes or anything else. So right. it's uh, if it breaks, that's when you think about it. And that's when you call and we want to be top of mind. So, yep. um, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so how do those two like the marketing and the call center, how do you collaborate together? Like, how do you because marketing is a part of operations, right? And I don't think we really think about that, but in reality, we're providing the content for the yes or the no, or the yes that could turn to a no and the yes that we wanna nurture. So, mm. you know, like what does that collaboration look like from your side? Because you get to see it all and kind of run it all. Um, yeah. You know, so do you provide like call center scripts for every campaign? How, what's the training look like in that process? Yeah. So when I first got here, um, there was no training for the call center at all. It was kind of like, uh, hey, sit down with this person, listen to them and just kind of emulate after a couple of hours and uh, good luck. So uh, what I did when I took over uh, the contact center, because that's what I did first here, is uh, I developed a training curriculum. It was one week of classroom training with role plays and scripting and everything else. Um, and then the second week was uh, when they went into nesting or they were on the phone with a member of the senior staff or myself, just in case they had any questions, right? Now, this uh, the classroom training goes into every aspect of not only just the booking call, but the follow-ups and, you know, everything else that goes into it with mostly the last part of the week is mostly role play, which a lot of people might find annoying, but it is the most helpful thing you can do in training. Um, which if you're not role-playing with your CSRs, you're messing up big time. So you can give anybody a script and they can do okay with it, but they're still gonna sound a little bit robotic, especially at first. But you get a few, like let's say 20 role plays in with each person before they even touch the phone it's going to sound that much more natural when they actually get on the phones and they can actually start converting those leads. So 
that's uh, the training doesn't just stop there. Uh, we also have uh, weekly coachings where, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I always mandate that the coaches go through uh, more role plays with them every week. Uh, anything they've been having issues with, any uh, campaigns that stuck out that, you know, they're having a little bit of issue with. Because, like, let's face it, a, uh, a lead that comes in from Yelp is a lot different than the one that comes in through, like, PPC. I'm glad you said that, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but it's uh, it's all in the training, and the training never stops. Like, a big part of the job is to develop and re-refine and sometimes even redefine the training curriculum. Like, a big portion of my week goes into training videos, and uh, I'll put out, like, little white papers that I find or videos I find on YouTube that just up the uh, customer customer service and a lot of sales skills as well because... And I know, I know sometimes when we're hiring CSRs, we just want someone who's nice, right? Someone who's going to answer the phone, uh, usually, hopefully, on the first ring, right? Um, and then we call it good, right? As long as they're there, taking calls is good. Um, sales skills goes a lot into it because even if you don't have, like, a dispatch fee or a diagnostic fee, there's still going to be a lot of objections and a lot of questions. Right. So rebuttal training is like the, the king. Of... Have you been putting that into like chat GPT or AI at all? And then creating like basic scripts and then editing those scripts to make your job easier. Um, I have a, I have a joke that ever since uh, I haven't had an original thought since chat GPT went big. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, I, I use it um, religiously uh, to edit <laughs> um to edit scripting, to give me ideas for scripts. And uh, I tried using it for copy, and I hated every single thing of it. That was probably just the prompt. But And then I go on LinkedIn, and I see the same, like, verbiage. It spits back out at me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. And it's just it's so easy to tell because it's always something like, in the dynamic world of X. Yes. Unleash. <laughs> Unleash the digital transformation <laughs> with a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> all, the same. all of it. All the time. It's all the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But I mean, what we put in it, right? It's a learning language model. So it's constantly yeah. like learning what we want, but also spitting out the same stuff that we put in. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, is, it is very helpful if you use it right. And you don't just use it to write your LinkedIn posts for you or to give them like just a copy paste script that is spit out because it's going to be overly generic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Unless you. So I created some custom GPTs that put in scripts based on like the business. And then I took their URL and put in the tone so I can kind mm -hmm. of like feed it more information about like what is the what. Um yeah. And so like I used it to per, to help them with, you know, after they have a marketing strategy, what else do they need? And they need like a call center script. Then they need a call center scorecard. 
and that mm -hmm. scorecard has to have email capture rate on it yep. like yep. you know and then and then a technician script and then i kept going and i'm like cool what's the add-on sales like what's this and what like i want to get like more information than it would take me because you know marketing it's such a big job and there's so much to do that i don't think people think about you know their input is just one thing when really it should be we'll keep building right, right. tell me more <laughs> right no uh you should see our csr scorecards um above the line it's very simplified there's like five key kpis and then underneath that it gets a little uh for some of my coaches it gets a little bit too granular mm -hmm. but literally everything the csr touches is on there uh, with a uh, weighted score that goes into the top line. Uh, it's a little ridiculous, but otherwise you're flying blind. Mm. And, and we want to we want to give them information as much as possible because we want them to be successful, right? Like mm -hmm. that's our end goal. We want to grow people. We want to say, hey, we, you love your job or maybe you love something else and we can put you in a different job. Um, yep. And sometimes, you know, we culture out because they don't fit the culture um that happens often as well but mm -hmm. having those scorecards and touching them almost do you touch your scorecards weekly like how is that is that a discussion yeah um we i, I look at them daily honestly um mm -hmm. only because i know booking rate doesn't tell the whole story it doesn't, so no. <laughs> and uh and I, I know a lot of uh, managers, especially ones that use like service tied in, uh, they look at the uh, the top line, like the booking rate's good, everything's great, until you start listening to the calls, right? Mm -hmm. So, or um, you don't have someone reclassifying the calls afterwards. Yes. Right. So, oh yeah, cool. They're at a hundred percent booking rate for the last six months. Um, <laughs> I tell everyone, I'm like, that's not yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> crazy especially when they yeah. incentivize off of it you know so that's that's what i say i'm like they're getting it, it's not malicious like i don't want people to think like it's malicious like mm -hmm. the intent is it's uh, it's training that needs yeah. to be done because there is a lack of training but it's also constant training right exactly. as campaigns come in like you have to understand like stop touching the bubble and stop changing the campaigns and you know mm -hmm. like you're excusing calls that shouldn't be excused. They should be an actual tracking number, like, and that's an operational error. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I never want to blame the call center for things, but as a marketer, it's easier for me oh, to yeah. be like, hey, you guys are, uh, you know, messing up yeah. my revenue. <laughs> yep, yep. Stop it's, it. uh, and, and now that I've seen both sides of it, I I understand completely. So it's, uh, yeah. it's like, okay. Um, the marketing campaign auto pops um why are you changing it that's cool um stop <laughs> stuff like that um so it's ridiculous um i also had to uh because i i read a uh a book a while ago called the effortless experience right which i think anybody in contact centers or marketing needs to read right okay. it's it's all about reducing customer effort it should be the easiest thing for a customer to do business with a company, right? Mm -hmm. What And it goes into how the more complex or the more friction it is, the customer loyalty drops, right? A big thing that the book goes into is channel switching or the customer will come in on one channel. Let's say 
Yelp messages, right? And the person who responds, and let's face it with Yelp, if they respond at all, um, <laughs> when they respond, the first thing they say is, hey, what's your number so we can call you? Right. Or mm -hmm. the infamous, you must call us now to get this booked. It's like, mm -hmm. no, if they wanted to call you, they, they would have. The call button and the message button are right next to each other. It's really hard to mess them up. Yeah. Respect the customer's channel that they came in on. You will actually convert a lot more uh, without the fall off than uh, if you demand that they go through a channel they didn't want to go through. Right. Yes. So that was a big learning curve for a lot of people, especially when uh, we were working with uh, some marketing, marketing agencies that were telling them to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. So, and those messages, those uh, message chains would die as soon as they said, call us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's a big thing. And I just want to point that out to everybody um, respect customer channels, you will convert more and you will have a lot better success and you won't uh, end up making people upset and ghosting yeah. you. So, and, yeah, I mean, be where they're at, right? Like we've created in marketing such an instant gratification kind of society. And no, if like, if I message someone, I don't want to call them. <laughs> I can no. message you. No. <laughs> No, exactly. It's like, I mean, I, I'm one of those people who like, I don't go to self-checkouts if I don't have to. Like, if I have more than like 10 items, I'm not doing your job for you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and like, I haven't like phoned in a pizza order in like 20 years. As soon as they put the form fill on, on the site, I was like, yep, we're doing this. Yeah. Yep. And I actually canceled the pizza order once because they called me right after to confirm the order. I'm like, ah, no, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So it is what it is. So respect the channel. Um, there's a lot of reasons that they didn't call you, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe they're at work. And it's a lot yeah. easier to text than it is to call, especially uh, let's say you're in a meeting or uh, you're – a call center agent and you're on the phone and you're sneaking because your kitchen sink is uh, backed up at home, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So it is what it is, but I don't know where that came from, but it, it just, it's fine. Up. It's fine. I, okay. I agree. The self checkout, like that's my favorite thing to do. I'm like, look how fast I can do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Until you get to one of those with a delay, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is I what like it is. <laughs> Well, yeah, like Sarah and I were just recording a little while ago, and um, I ordered Jimmy John's while we were recording. Like I was sitting there, I like I had my little my phone just like right here, and I was just like click ordered, and it showed up right after we were done. I was like, I didn't have to call anyone, I didn't have to go pick it up. But like you were saying, and this is something that I've been kind of a homer about is. Just, yeah, giving them the options and letting them self-identify which is easiest for them. Like, I can't stand when when contractors are like, we want the only CTA on this site to be book online, and it's the web scheduler. I love the web scheduler, and a lot of people love the web scheduler, but not everyone does. And I'm like, that, that can't be the only CTA. I get it. I get it. You don't want to have to answer the phone. You 
don't want to have to train your people to answer the phone. You don't mm-hmm. want contact forms because that requires someone to pick up the phone and call. You just yeah. want them to make your life easier. Um, and that's why I, I'm like a huge fan of it's just like book online, send us a message, call now, you know, mm-hmm. or just, and if that's not what they're looking for, they'll scroll until they find what they're looking for. But so many people exactly. just try to shove what is convenient for me down mm-hmm. my prospective customers' throats. And it right. drives it drives me nuts personally because they'll do oh, that, especially yeah. when they'll be like, hey, we got online booking. Let's switch all the CTAs to just online booking. And then they come back and they're like, our lead count went down. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you removed every other option for them. Yep. Yep. Um, I see it way too often, unfortunately, and not just in this industry. A lot of a lot of places you can't even find a phone number on most websites now. And uh, their uh, chat bots are usually very subpar. Um, one of my hobbies has always been to go to websites and try to break their chat bot. <laughs> it's actually I have a pretty good success rate at it. So. <laughs> It's like, nice. it's crazy. Do you guys have a chat bot? We have a schedule engine for our chat. Nice. So, nice. yeah. Nice. So, it's all right. It's, it's better than a chat bot. So, yeah. much better. I uh, And then, even, does someone in the inside answer that? Is that? Did you develop a speed team? Because I think we talked about that at the summit in 2018. Yeah. 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 So, Do you want to tell people what a speed team is? You tell it. You told no, it so you, much better. No, no, it's really important. So, <laughs> so this started like the group that we're from is uh, a group of like how would we explain it? Um, there was about we called ourselves the Seven Families at that time. Yeah. I believe we were constantly group. changing names. Yeah. The family yeah. group, right? And it was a bunch of high level companies. Um you know, big companies. And we all just came together to talk about marketing in the trades. Um, At least once a month, we would touch base on Zoom. And then once a year, we would have like a summit. And, you know, one of the people there, I think it was Casey. I can't remember from Morris Jenkins. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, we developed the speed team. And so basically, it's people in a call center that, um, have to answer the phone at the speed of search. So all like digital were queued Mm -hmm. and routed to this team. And as you grew it, obviously you'd need definitely like refined processes, but um, you know, that's really where the, the chats came in. They had to be responded within 30 seconds. And that's Mm -hmm. when the speed of search wasn't like crap because Google is changing, like doing multiple searches right now, but um, it's still the goal, right? It's about, paying attention to that conversion when it's happening, how it's happening, and then Mm -hmm. making sure that we book the lead because that's, that's our job. So, so that, that's a much better description than what I would have used. Mine would have been answer stuff fast. Um, But (laughs) yeah, we, uh, I still have my notebook like over there from the, uh, that way um, from that summit. And I wrote an entire page while, I think I was outside taking a break with my notebook and uh I that's where the structure for our digital team came from right they're the ones answering all the uh Yelp messages all the uh all the Google me- messages all the 
server signing texts, everything like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they are a rock star team here. Um, because of them, um, the digital, like, it went from like nine, at that time, I think it was 95% voice, 5% email lead, mm -hmm. to right now it's about, it's hovering around 80% voice because that's just the way it is. And uh, the rest is 20% digital leads and everything. Mm -hmm. And their response rate is so unbelievably fast that when we had a marketing marketing agency come in to help us with Yelp, I don't know why, um, but they implemented an autoresponder and they didn't tell us the autoresponder was going live. And my team was responding faster than the autoresponder. Nice. Which, you know, nice on paper. I know <laughs> the autoresponder came in right after. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You get two responses. <laughs> yeah, we can like, do that. Oh. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> crazy. It was just yeah. nuts. But no, that that is something that every contact center needs. And uh, I remember once uh, John, the founder, here at Ruder Hero um, had me get on a call with a, another company uh, just on how to respond to Yelp fast. Like I, I was supposed to tell them how to do it. And it was just like, I don't know what to say here. Um, a message comes in, you respond to it. Um, have someone dedicated. I, I, I don't know what else to say, yeah. but especially with Yelp where it's uh, what they're, they're not just messaging you unless they unclick all those radials they're messaging you and like four other companies mm -hmm. which don't get me started on that but it's uh you have to be fast you have to be personable and you have to be very very clear uh in that first initial message that has to go out within like less than 30 seconds of that reaching the inbox Otherwise, someone else is going to do it, and it's going to be bad. Um, our digital team is probably, and don't tell anyone this, um, probably my favorite sub-department within the contact center because uh, they uh, live up to the whole uh, digital stereotype, right? So they're, they're, they're a bit nerdy. Uh, they're very, very, very good at uh, online Stuff they're almost probably more chronically online than I am, and uh, that's saying something. So, mm -hmm. like you, you know, so if you ever need a fresh meme or anything like that, they they got your back. So, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, no, they're a great team, and it was probably the best thing we got from that summit mm -hmm. was that, and you know, they're the uh, they're the Digimon. So the Digimon, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I should have named that team. <laughs> but they're great. So and they're fast. Yeah, so. they have to be. And I even had them playing inside of the platform. So like Google GLSA, like mm. they would be the ones that enter the keywords, dispute the leads, like yep. Google My Business. I had them working on social posts uh yep. because I didn't want to automate it at that time. Right. Um, you know, but at the same time, like they were the ones 
in the platforms all day, every day. So it was yep. their expectation to grow their skills as digital marketers, as well as exactly. CSRs. And, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, technically, I guess they're digital CSRs, D yeah. CSRs. Um, they also respond to like all the all the reviews and, you know, uh, everything. Honestly, I have them disputing leads too on LSA. Um, although LSA has been troubling me lately, but is what it is. I heard it's across the board. So, you know, it's across the board. It's across the board. They're doing new new features. I think Eric, we yep. talked about this just earlier. There was a bug earlier today. And um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. across the board with whatever is going on okay, with good. LSA. Good. So Google. <laughs> It's not just yeah. us. <laughs> so no. no, and follow all the Facebook groups. You can see <laughs> like, yeah. they will tell you. Um, but my, I guess my one of my last questions is, how do you see AI in the call center? And because the call centers have capacity issues, they have retention yep. issues. Yeah. And it's not that for me, it's not about replacing people. It's about putting people in the right spots and evolving their their career. So mm -hmm. what does that look like uh, from your yeah. perspective with AI in the call center? I think AI should be used to augment and assist, right? At least how it stands right now. Um, things like agent assist is um, AI does an amazing job at it, right? So companies like Balto, and I think there's a few others that have like the real-time AI prompted uh little uh, pop-ups do a fantastic job. Um, AI voice, I don't think it's anywhere near where it needs to be, even though a lot of uh, tech companies say it is, and then you get a demo and it's just like, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> so, um, and there was a funny story that actually came out, um, two funny stories, one from Canada, one from the UK, about like uh, the GPT-powered chatbots uh, the one in the UK, um, one of the one of the customers actually got it to uh, curse, and then write a poem about how bad the company was. Oh gosh! Oh, no. <laughs> so, which was which was funny, but like from a business standpoint, that's awful. It's horrible. So, from a consumer standpoint, okay, not their consumer, but a consumer standpoint, that's funny, right? Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's not where it needs to be yet. And then uh, just like last week in Canada, for Air Canada, right? The uh, the Chat GPT uh, powered uh, chatbot promised a uh, customer a refund, which the airline then said, "No, that's not right. We're not giving you a refund." So the customer brought them to court, and Air Canada lost. So it's uh, not there yet, so which is fun to say. But I think I think AI is great for augmenting, for doing the trivial stuff, for having like being like a QA or a QA, right? For customers on the website, if they have basic questions like how much is your service fee, stuff like that. that that agents like they should be focused more on booking calls than on general in inquiry calls. And I think mm -hmm. AI excels at that. 
as long as it doesn't do what I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to start replacing people effectively because I know it's already replacing people. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to replace people effectively for a bit. So, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I just don't think it should uh, get in the way of human beings actually being able to feed their families. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. And from a marketing perspective, I kind of have, well, I definitely don't want it to get in the way of people's livelihoods. Right. But like, I do want it to be faster and I do want it. I do want the call center experience to be whatever that one person wants it to be. Again, like you're going to have different personas that want different Mm -hmm. touches. And that's still very clear to say is that, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, my mom wants to talk to someone on the phone. She can't even last night. We went through all of her apps on her phone, literally one by one. She was like, do I need this? And I was like, I have a presentation tomorrow. Like, I love you, but we are on A. <laughs> like, um, yes. But like her experience is totally different from mine where I'm like, mm-hmm. cool, there's an autumn, like I booked online and automated, um, I got an automated email of confirmation. Yep. They texted me like, I get it. They're on their way. I don't need to talk to a human being. Exactly. But her generation is like, mm-hmm. no, dude, I, I she could stay on the phone. They're the, they're your five minute, 10 minute phone calls. They're just yep. talking about nothing, yep. you know, but they need that. Exactly. And yeah. And so we want to be where people's needs mm-hmm. are yep. um, and yep. still take that into consideration, even with all the AI technology that's coming out. Right. And that that's the most important thing is we have to remember at the end of the day, whether you're in marketing, you're in customer service, even if you're in accounting, we're all here for the customer. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have to meet the customer where they're at. We have to get out of the mindset of uh, convenience for me, none for thee. Right. Mm -hmm. So be where they're at. A lot of people, when they have an emergency, they're going to pick up the phone and call. There's not many people when their house is flooding that's going to go on their phone, go to Yelp, find a five star rated company, message them. And then wait for a response. No, they're going to call. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. ha- always have that option and always have someone that's available on the phone that will be able to answer on the first ring. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, that's interesting. So, how do you do that with plumbing? Because plumbing is a lot of on demand, mm-hmm. you know, repair, chaotic service. Yep. So, what does your call center look like in terms of? Like how, what's our schedules look like? Yeah. So we're, we're staffed up 24 seven. All right. Um, we have an answering service that the customer will pop over to if everybody is on the phone. Right. Uh-huh. So, which is rare cause I have enough people. So what you need to do. And if you have, uh, if you have any good phone system, right. Uh, we're through uh, Phones Pro with Service Titan, so we have Dialpad, which is good for it, um, which has its own little uh, workforce management in there where you can see the uh, the heat map of call volume. Mm-hmm. Much better than the call volume report that's in Service Titan, by the way. 
because that that really tells you nothing. Um, so, and then you uh, taste that, and you run that through an Erlang C calculator, which uh, you it figures it out by your shrinkage level, which you should always have ten percent or a little bit more. Then that just call out people in the bathroom, stuff like that. And then uh, how long your average call is in seconds, and whatever your service. Um, I am very, very, uh, conservative when it comes to that. And I put it at around 300 seconds, right? Is every call that long? No. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, that's like five minutes, by the way. Yeah. Um, so. that was like 300 seconds. I'm going to get my calculator. Out. <laughs> yeah. I had to think about it for a minute, but yeah, uh, five minutes. Right. And most calls from seasoned CSRs don't last five minutes. Right. Yeah. But you got to be a little conservative with that. Go on, go towards the long end. And then whatever you want your service level to be. So if you want 80% of your calls answered in 15 seconds or less, put that in. And then the Erling C calculator, you put in the uh, number of calls per hour that you're going to get or that you expect to get or historically have gotten. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the amount of staff that you need to be on the phone to match all of those all of those uh, data inputs. So if, uh, let's say, during the hours of 10 to 11, you are expected to get 115 calls right during that hour, it's going to spit out a number like uh, eight, maybe nine uh, staff mm. that you need to have on there. Now, yeah. that works especially well if you have a queue built in or if you expect a queue or you expect those calls to come in over the hour. And as we all know, in this industry, that doesn't happen. They all come in at once. <laughs> so um, take whatever the Erling C um, calculator gives you and add one just in case. Mm -hmm. And you know, if it's slower than anticipated, you flip that inbound to outbound. And you fill up the schedule that way. Yes. Yep. That is a great point. It's a great point. And then where did you learn about this Erling C calculator? I just I just Googled it. I had yeah. no idea. Oh, it's, 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 it's fantastic. Um, it's fantastic. So there's a podcast called Advice from a Call Center Geek, right? Hosted by Thomas Laird. And very, very, very niche podcast, obviously. Um, but I found out about it from him and then, cause at the same time I found out about it, I was doing a demo with a workforce management company mm -hmm. and then I was reading through their slide deck cause I, I had them send it to me cause yeah. never leave a demo without the slide deck or at least a hat. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> and it was like, oh, this uses the Erlang C to figure out the schedule. I was like, oh, Thomas Laird was just talking about that. So then I just did it. So, and it was a lot easier than expected. And I saved the company like $8,000 a month. So. Wow. That makes it a lot wow. easier to, uh, <laughs> when that annual, annual review performance review comes up, it makes it a lot easier to be like, Hey. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if, uh, and I, I know a lot of, uh, call center managers in the trade space, don't come from traditional like uh, 
contract call centers or the big BPOs or anything like that. They're usually come up through the ranks, right? And I think the Erling C will save them a lot of headaches when it comes to staffing. So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And then, so how, well, how big is your call center? Uh, right now we have 20 uh, CSRs, right? Whose only job is to take inbound calls and make outbound calls, of course. Then we have five digital CSRs. So, and then we have like eight dispatchers. So another thing is you should keep your uh, dispatchers and your uh, CSRs as separate roles and they should not, uh, they should not be doing both. Mm -hmm. Because uh, my gosh, that that's a disaster waiting to happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. That most definitely makes sense because a one's talking to technicians sometimes and the other one it should not be talking to technicians is what i would say that's yeah that's the number one thing yeah and another reason for the lack of overlap is um because the csr should be focused on volume right dispatcher should be focused on profit they're two completely different uh skill sets plus if you have someone that's like a csr in the morning and then halfway through their shift they're going to dispatch and they know how many calls are on the board even subconsciously they might not book as many calls as maybe they are capable of because they don't want to be you know that guy who has or that girl that has to uh you know delay or reschedule all those calls right again (laughs) yep it's like hey i know we talked this morning and i promised this time but guess what (laughs) so um, I don't think uh, CSRs and what, what what's the term for them? DSRs. That's such a bad name for dispatchers. They're dispatchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't think they should be the same person. I don't even think they should be in the same room as each other. Because I mean, who do you hire for CSRs? Like, what is the main skill set? Is what emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Empathy. Uh, you want them to be social, you want them to talk, you want them to be friendly. And if like the CSRs are on this side, the dispatchers are on this side, and the dispatchers are like all uh, frustrated and stressed out, CSRs are going to see that. They're going to be like, okay, let's uh, let's not make their lives harder. Let's not get yelled at by a dispatcher. And yeah. subconsciously, they're going to either start scheduling calls for the next day or maybe uh, even unintentionally uh, whiffing at the, at the rebuttals. Yep. Stuff like that. So it's true. Yeah. There's a, there was a lot of friction between the CSRs and the dispatchers and, Um, you know, even on separate sides of the room, like we would come over and have our own little huddles and, some of those were very interesting to watch. And I was like, okay, but, and then some of them were my fault as a marketer and they were just, they weren't telling me because they thought it was, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh no, that's, that's on me. Um, I started this campaign and totally forgot to tell people about it. And uh, the price is what it is because you, you know, you get busy, but um, It's just, yeah, that's such a great point is that the CSR needs to be a CSR because they're empathetic and the dispatcher needs to be a dispatcher and they should be in separate rooms because they're doing totally opposite jobs and 
Um, mm -hmm. But they should also communicate with one another yeah. about what's being held on the board, what isn't yeah. being held on the board, how is it looking at this time of day, um, yeah. you know, who called out sick, who's not making their times um, yeah. running. And so then they have to move around the, the, the jobs. And exactly. you know, it's, it's like, it's a crazy job when you really think about it. Oh, yeah. um, There's so and, many moving parts. It's yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And you doing marketing and that, like that's, mm -hmm. To me, that's still wild because it's just like I I could barely keep up with marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's fun. Um, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. Uh, that whole communication thing before that's uh that's all handled by Slack and Discord. So they they, they don't need to be in the same room for that. Just have them on the same chat platform. It's fine. Um, but. That was a major issue when uh, marketing was separate from the contact center was marketing would always do a new campaign, roll out a new thing, and then they'd be the only ones that knew about it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's you could with company. Slack. Yeah, with Slack, what um, what you could do is, is you could create a, uh, like a shared company calendar of some sort and have marketing – add the start date of a campaign as a company event and then use Zapier to send a channel alert, you know, 24 hours before the event starts. And mm -hmm. It can be like marketing bot or whatever and be like, beep, boop. Hey guys, <laughs> this $29 tune up starting tomorrow. Don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. This was before we even you for me, it's before COVID. So we didn't have effective communication tools, right? We had text right. messaging and, yeah. or we used service Titan chat, oh, yeah. which was a nightmare because we couldn't yeah. even like, it was so unorganized. Um, we, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it was crazy. So um, we had email and then we had our all team meetings, but today mm -hmm. there's just so many effective ways of communication and getting that out there and automating, yeah. you know, when you create something. So definitely think that that's a great tool. Tool oh yeah, Eric. yeah. Use use all the technology, all the tools you have available to you. Um, I've gotten to the point where I do all that, and then I have a uh, daily calendar that is set up um, in fifteen minute increments, which might be a little crazy. I don't know, but and I alternate between contact center work and marketing work every half hour or so, just so like nothing falls through the cracks. So, and I, I, I get a lot of good support from my team too. So, um, especially ones that I kind of like, you know, if I ever, you know, get hit by a bus or, you know, decide not to come in one day, um, <laughs> they can, uh, kidding on that one, um, that they can just uh, take over. There won't be any like really pain points. Um, I think you should always make yourself as replaceable as possible because otherwise you're never going to move up. Right. If no one can replace you. So yeah. is what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's a great point. Your job is to replace yourself always. Yeah. 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 Well, David, thank you so much for Eric. You were so quiet. I was just soaking you it all there. in. You know, I, I always, you know, I'm, I'm, I know nothing about CSR dispatch life because I've never lived that world. So I was just here for affirmation for you too. You guys crushed it. Good job. <laughs> yeah david it was great talking to you we really appreciate you being on and i love talking about call centers 
um, stuff because, you know, it does go hand in hand in marketing and it's so mm -hmm. important, but at the same time, just understanding, you know, the larger workflows that come as you grow your business, it's constant iteration, but it's constantly um, more innovative than, you know, because the smaller ones should adapt to the larger mm -hmm. size just in the innovation and processes and systems that we put into place because it's just mm -hmm. so important. Um, so I really appreciate you speaking the great word. And then what's the podcast that you have? For um, yeah, my, my contact center and uh, customer experience podcast is called caffeinated CX. So type that in um, funny story and AI company stole the name. Um, I have screenshots to prove it, but cause he was like, Oh, that's a great name. And then, he tried to sell me the website. So it was funny. But uh oh she left. Um so Bye Sarah. <laughs> I'm still listening. Okay. Um so caffeinated CX. Um I put out an episode every week. Each uh episode is about the same length of time as a coffee break. So it's all nice. 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 Yeah, we'll link nice. that in the we'll link that in the show notes. Um <clears throat> and yeah. Definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Y'all are y'all are West Coast, right? So, yeah. yep. You, know, it's, you, you guys just got done eating breakfast out there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, yeah, most definitely we appreciate that, and uh, yeah, just share this this podcast, and we're excited to to get it online. And thank you again. And that wraps up another episode of the Trademark, where we bridge the worlds of the trades and marketing one story at a time. We can't wait to see you next time. Thank you to the trades for giving back big, loving big, and taking massive action. Don't forget to join us next time for more engaging conversations and innovative ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and share it with your colleagues and friends in the trades and marketing. Your support means the world to us. Stay connected with us off the air by following us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts and get your feedback. Until next time, keep making your mark in the trades. Thank you for listening to The Trademark. Goodbye for now. And remember, we're with the trades for the trades.